0: FM to get started. Hey, Outcasters! It's your ABTV Outcast After Show. This week, we are talking about season one, episode five, "The Road Before Us." Stick with us to find out whether this panel gets away with the twelve-pound ham from the Piggly Wiggly, or will we lose ourselves to the streets? Stay tuned to find out right here on ABTV. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion. After Buzz TV, and now. Let the buzz begin! Yep. Yep. Yeah, I feel really like spiritual with it. I feel like the deeper into this show we get, the more I want R and B to be to be a because i'm, I'm feeling so you. many I'm things <laughs> i feel like i need boys to men to just gently cradle me after, after each yes. episode so hi everybody who's watching us welcome back uh, this this is our wonderful panel i'm here too i'm lex michael i'm all over social media at lex michael and with me are
1: I'm Lucretia Lyon, and you guys can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N, since there is only one. Hi, guys. I'm Joel Monique, and you can find me everywhere at Joel Monique. Hello,
2: everyone. I'm Abby Vega, and you can find me at
0: underscore Abby Vega. So, guys, this is episode five, which means, if I'm not mistaken, we are halfway halfway through this season. Only half. And... (laughs) Oh, but we're getting so much new information and mm-hmm. I felt personally uh, just a pure information angle. this was a very, very big episode, but I wanted to ask you guys, since it is a lot more of a, an informational a uh, lot more of an info dump than we've gotten, I think in any one hour so far. I wanted to know how you guys felt about it. Do you think that they did a good job balancing a ton of exposition with a feeling of momentum? What did you guys what did you guys think about this hour overall?
2: I I liked this. It kind of took a break from me. There's the last couple episodes have I've been stressed, kind of watching like this music. I'm like, who's gonna die? Something bad's gonna happen, kind of thing. Right. And so this one, I kind of took a breath. It was a lot of information that we needed, but like I said, it was a, I was a little more relaxed watching this one. So overall, I really liked this episode.
3: Yeah, I thought they did a really nice job. We got a lot of uh, kind of. Moving relationships forward, which I liked a lot, particularly uh, Reverend and Kyle's, which is so on shaky ground right now, and kind of seeing them go back and forth at it and try to keep themselves together and up has been really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of the show is the relationship between Kyle and Reverend Anderson because I'm big into buddy cop stuff. But, yeah, they really ramped that up in this episode of them being a team, and I really mm-hmm. like that. That's why you see, you know, in the previews that that may change, but that,
3: you know. <laughs> they're already hinting pretty hard at it. Yeah, I missed in the previews. Fight, you know.
0: I actually, I yeah, also, I, I didn't I'm see like, the... i didn't see the, <laughs> the I, did I don't not know see what you're talking promo, about. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. Mm, no,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just cool with it.
0: But I'm like, so eh. I'm, I'm with you guys totally. And what I thought was really interesting about this episode specifically is that we've got a couple of characters, Anderson being a, a perfect example. So yeah, we should, we should start there. But we've got a lot of characters that are dealing with new information that is clashing aggressively with the view of the world that they have essentially chosen for mm. themselves. And we see after last week, there's this big question of, well, how many of these exorcisms have actually been effective. We know... None of them. We know it didn't work on Mildred. None of them. (laughs) Um, So seeing them now have to go through the motions of going back and finding some of these people that have been exorcised, or Anderson thought he exorcised, was, I thought, a great opportunity not only to have Kyle's worldview and Anderson's worldview bump up against each other, but also... Just to continually put Anderson in a position mm. of questioning what what have I been doing? Do I know anything? You know, what what is all of this been for? Has it been for nothing? And if it's been for nothing, what what am I what am I doing here? Yeah. Are you there, God? It's mm. me, Reverend Anderson. <laughs> yeah. I need help. Mm. And and to be, you know, you make that joke specifically, but they actually make that text essentially by the end of the episode where kyle literally says you know if your god is out there he's not he's laughing at you Mm -hmm. he's not listening he's laughing but okay so we see them going around making the rounds around town around this this town of rome which oh i have a question
1: (laughs) (laughs) i do i do (laughs) Yes.
0: So, and this is not unique to this show. This tends to be true of a lot of shows where all of the action is set in a town that we're, we're told is a small town. Mm. But the more time we spend, the bigger and bigger the small town seems to be. Okay. Yeah. Like
3: here, I have a philosophy on that. I grew up in a small town. Uh, we had 20,000 people, which doesn't seem small, but it's just a lot of people but you could still, like, everyone knew certain key figures, and everybody had very strong opinions, and you could tell people by, like, last names. So I feel like that's kind of what we're dealing with in Rome, which I think is significantly smaller than that. I want to say Rome is only, like, maybe 5,000. It's like a really, really right, small yeah. amount. So I think it works. I think, I think that, you know, there are, like, 5,000 people is a lot. you got
0: a lot of room to play in there. Sure. Well, because I, I just was noticing, because it seems like, specifically in this episode, it seems like they cover a lot of <laughs> physical ground but it doesn't ever seem like they're too far outside of of home base as <laughs> <Yeah. a lot>. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like I'm reminded of. I keep thinking of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer too. We're like, <laughs> we're like for seven years. We're told over and over, Sunnydale is a very small place, but it seems to have like three cemeteries, mm. and <laughs> two international airports. And it's it's thr- I think two college campuses. So yeah. I, I got that that sensation a couple of times this episode when they were when they were making their rounds. But the first significant stop that they make and this continues to be maybe the most significant over the course of this episode is they, they go to look for this girl named Sherry and they talk to her dad and her dad says, well, haven't seen her. Mm. She, she went, uh, she went to Charlotte. And so we can't verify face to face that there's no demon in this person. But then the, the picture worsens because not only is she living in Charlotte, but she's been living on the streets as it, as it would seem, which is just no good uh living on the streets i am, yeah. I, am I am anti mm-hmm. if i could avoid it myself <laughs> i am not for living on the streets so he hasn't seen or heard from his daughter in months so obviously we we don't have anything conclusive which is almost more frustrating i think than finding her still possessed is not finding her at all yeah yeah but of course in the absence of any and all conclusive answers anderson is of course uh, befuddled Flustered.
2: I mean,
3: Anderson really wants to believe, like, he, the thing that has been propping him up is that, like, I've helped people. Like, I've done good things. Like, I had to leave my family behind, but at least in this moment, I was able to help those really in need, and I did it through my faith. And he feels, I think, really empowered by that. And then for Kyle, who is not sensitive to this at all, and just kind of, like, sneering when he's like, mm-hmm. see, I told you, these people are obviously still <laughs> yeah. possessed. Yeah. Why didn't you believe me? But it, it's it's complete crumbling of his entire foundation for Reverend Anderson, so I feel... I feel bad he's kind of getting really dragged through the mud this episode. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. saying
2: it was it was a rough episode for him cuz Kyle and I think obviously Reverend Anderson in his soul like knows okay this is not looking too good but he's still just trying to hold on to a little bit of hope that it wasn't all for nothing and that he didn't completely screw this up sure but kyle like you said is not sensitive at all to the fact he's he's like no there these people are all still possessed and it's pretty
1: sad for robert
0: anderson this episode
1: yeah kyle's a bit of a negative nancy in this <laughs> yeah <But> he needs <laughs> to be someone <laughs> needs to like
0: just... to be fair as we've covered extensively on this show so far this season kyle's life is terrible oh yeah yeah oh, okay. absolutely terrible everyone's, nothing everyone's
2: lives terrible
0: yeah, no one's life is good.
2: No. Nope. Yeah. Like,
0: this, this week, more than any yeah. other week, I feel comfortable asserting no one's life is no. good.
1: Yes, because Reverend Anderson's life is just crumbling. I mean, yeah, as you say, he gave up so much for this yeah. and then to find out that it was literally all for nothing that he's found so far. And that's why, you know, he's a little overly sensitive with Kyle and, like, you know, what am I supposed to say? Hey, you know, that demon I exercise might not be out of you just knocking on the door. Yeah, the exactly. I love
0: that. It was, it's like, whoops, I may have left a demon there. Sorry. Well, yeah. yeah. But was, he, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: Well, I was gonna say that you also see a lot of Anderson's uh vanity in this mm-hmm. episode, like when he's like, Why him? Like what does he have? And I think it's kind of strange you never think of like, you know, religious folk as being kind of vain, but he mm-hmm. really really wants to have the power to do these things. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, it's his pride that's gotten in his way, I think. And what's
3: too, yeah. also
2: interesting too is cause we keep saying that clearly, Reverend Anderson. Failed at these exorcisms, but at the same time, he did something because why else would all these people think that their significant others are, you know what I mean? So he right. got some sort of demon out, just not the entirety of it. Is that what is happening? I don't know. You know what know. I mean? Because like it's for me <laughs> right. I have to believe that he must have done something because people obviously thought that these people were healed. Right. So they had to be acting differently and it must not have been as extreme anymore. Right. So I'm kind of curious what exactly he was doing
1: because yeah, something was happening. Obviously or at least they faked it for quite some time. Yeah. that it looked at because I, I mean I think Mildred is a great character. Yeah. She's so, so entertaining. But yeah and it's just like you know the person she is now is obviously according to her daughter not who she was. Mm-hmm. So it's like, obviously there's always been something wrong as we see with Allison as well. So no one just noticed. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, they're not going crazy. So, so we'll, we'll let it, we'll and assume that, they're okay. And that may be the thing is the demons inside these people are like, wait, if we get too crazy, they're going to they're gonna beat us. They're gonna yeah. punch us in the face. Right. <laughs> if I just chill out a little bit. Well, and we got that little tidbit of like, I won't survive the the,
0: the merging. Yeah. 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 I want to. I want to circle back around to that because there's we got. Yeah. We, we gotta got to talk about that. We got some interesting Sydney business in this episode <laughs> yes. that I that I definitely want to circle back around to. But I want to for a little bit stay on Anderson and Kyle because I'm listening to everything that you guys are saying and I'm agreeing wholeheartedly. What I really like and I appreciate about this show is that they're doling out character information without laboring it without hitting the nail on the head too aggressively this idea of the work that anderson does about what his faith means to him and about the good things that he's doing with his faith it seems to me like in the absence of his family for example who he lost i mean he doesn't have much of a life at this point he chose this path instead and i feel like on the surface you could argue that, yes, that makes his life just as awful as anybody else's on this show, but what he definitely has that a lot of these other characters don't is this inner, centeredness is maybe not the right word, but something anchoring him inside, and that is this faith of his, and that has become so, I think, synonymous with how he views himself. So once that starts to crumble, I feel like it's very easy for him to start losing his sense of reality or self along with it, which I think is why it's so great to watch him butting up against that notion so aggressively. And of course, then they make their next stop, and when uh, Kyle puts his hands on Brian,
2: yeah, this poor man who now same.
0: lives in the pet store, yeah. yeah, we we get pretty compelling evidence suggesting that the demons are not gone. Go.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I was yeah, like, don't touch him. I'm like, what's gonna happen? Mean, yes. Ugh.
3: He did not see him well.
0: No. No. And granted, he didn't if he wasn't possessed, he wouldn't be doing particularly well. Yeah. He he apparently has given up running the pet store entirely because he doesn't like people. And his wife got the house, so he now lives in the defunct pet store. Dude doesn't need a demon to be doing little. But is but is
2: that why? Is is it the demon that made him kind of make those decisions? That one was a little
3: hazy. He was he was like, I don't like being touched. And there was a lot more uh tension as opposed to like fighting to get off, so I don't know if if Kyle just had like a really good hold on him and he wasn't able to get up, but usually the demons seem to put up a way more aggressive like throwing him across the room kind of fight and then there was that moment with the shotgun at toward the end of the scene. I was really surprised that we didn't hear a second shot after or a single shot after they left the pet store. I thought that he looked close to suicide, sure. yeah, that
1: was what I was expecting as well. It's just oh, itself. Yeah.
0: Well, I was into that. I didn't expect that either, only because I get a sense from some of the interactions. Because every interaction that these entities possessing these people have with anyone, it's all super cryptic, mm. and you have to decipher quite a bit of what it means. But the general vibe I get is that if nothing else, they're at least somewhat interested in self-preservation or mm-hmm. in preserving yeah. their host, which is why, yeah, I never figured it would go that way. I figured he would just go back inside and sit in the chair and yeah. just be sad in the dark <laughs> for a long time.
3: We do get a sense of people kind of fighting these demons a little bit. I mean, if uh, Kyle's wife... Alice- thank Allison. you. Yeah, if Allison is possessed, is she fighting it? Is she possessed? There seems to be That's- some kind of... Yeah. Tinkering back and forth, and I got that sense from the pet shop owner as well. Yeah, and there's, there's a
0: lot that we can unpack with Allison mm-hmm. in this episode as well. She's who I want to circle around mm-hmm. to after we finish the thread that we're on. Copy. Because there's a There's, there's a, a lot. We, with got, her. we got more <laughs> Allison stuff this hour, I think, than all of the previous oh, episodes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I
1: liked it. Yeah. We got a lot of Allison.
0: But well, so. Well, I'm sorry,
1: what? Oh, I was just going to say that what they kind of noticed with Allison, as well as the pet store owner, is them self medicating. You mm-hmm. notice that he was a big drinker and, like, she is obviously, you know, on some pills, whether they be a prescription or not. Is that, and they were like, are they trying to, I'm trying to remember the term they actually use. Um, I think they said, like, mask the pain or whatever mm-hmm. of this, you know, demon that is obviously inside of these people. So that was really interesting to see. Because I know some other shows on TV right now are people, once they get possessed, don't drink anymore, don't do anything, but then this is going to be the opposite. So, yeah, I mean, it must be them trying to combat the demons. I yeah. that feel.
0: Yeah. Well, I also feel like if you're a... And I don't know exactly how demonic possession works, and I certainly, <laughs> yeah. I certainly don't, don't know... I don't know what exactly yet makes these entities different <laughs> than other possessing demonic entities we've seen in fiction... I would imagine if you're driving a body, it's a little like driving a car, if you, get, <laughs> if you get the body, the metaphor the metaphor falls apart a little bit, but if you get the car drunk, right, then the driving is harder. It's not a perfect metaphor. Mm-hmm. But, but you get what I mean, right? But So I feel like I, if I'm possessing a body, would want to keep the vessel as clean as, as possible. I wouldn't yeah. want to have... A, uh, cirrhosis of the liver situation yeah. happening, for example. Unless it's a struggle mm.
3: to keep a hold of the body, it doesn't seem like they have clear possession. You know what I mean? Like it seems like eighty-five. You know, mm-hmm. sure, a- 83%. Reveal, yeah. Like it kind of goes back and forth, and so sometimes you get the feeling like, oh, this person seems more control. And I will circle around to Allison, but I see that a lot in her character.
2: Exactly. Yeah, because no. obviously in the first episode, Joshua fully. Possessed at that point. But it's with all these people that Reverend Anderson kind of touched, it seems like they do have some type of control. It's not a full possession.
0: Sure. And it, it does make sense a little bit that if you have most of the, the host under your sway, you would probably want to suppress that, say, 15% mm-hmm. that still has their own agency. And you could probably do that with prescription medication or Ooh. alcohol. Something that mm-hmm. actually tracks... Really? What? That's smart. (laughs) You'd be be a good possessing demonic entity. Yeah. Yeah. Can you look into? Do they have like an online university for that type of thing? I would sign up right away.
3: A lot of people cross off my list.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so we have this interaction with Brian, and after this interaction, it seems like Anderson, though he's certainly not happy about it, is starting to be swayed. He's starting to lean towards having to face this this idea that yeah, maybe. Maybe my work was not, was not as effective as I would have hoped or as I previously yeah. thought. So he first goes off. They split at this point. And at first, I went, wait, where's Anderson going? And then we just we leave him for a while. But he comes, apparently he has these adventures where he goes sleuthing. <laughs> he goes sleuthing by himself. He, like, goes, he checks out his leads. His like, confidential informants that this priest has. And he gets a lead on this missing girl, Sherry. And so he and Kyle go to find her. And they wander through what I what I guess is Rome's version of Skid Row for a little while. But mm-hmm. she's not in Rome. No, she she? was just Charlotte, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. So they actually went, they do. See, this is why. Taking steps back, this is why it feels bigger, is because they do leave. Yeah, yeah. they do leave. That's why. Um so they, they wander through this Skid Rowish area until they eventually track her down. And they track her down in this really creepy warehouse. And of course, as soon as Kyle touches her, same thing happens. She starts reacting very violently, and Anderson goes into full resurrection yeah, mode. he totally
2: did. I was like, Anderson.
0: It's like, you've got to give him credit, right, for for <laughs> persistence. He wants to yeah. keep trying. It's like, dude, this hmm. didn't, this didn't. I know, when he started doing buddy.
2: that, I was like, does he really think that this is going to help? Well, and I feel like even his performance was a
3: little hollow and like, Last-ditch efforts. This is all I know to do. Yeah. Something happened, maybe. It didn't feel like he was fully committed to it. He gave <laughs> in pretty quickly.
0: Well, I agree with you. I agree that that part felt a little bit like Anderson, the character, wasn't fully yes, invested yes, in it. Yeah. It's certainly not the not the actor at all. No, he's great. The the, the character didn't feel fully invested. I did, and maybe this was just me projecting onto it, I thought the difference between his level of investment when he was doing the the prayer and the exorcism versus his level of investment when he finally was just like, Go on Kyle, hit her. Yeah, (laughs) I know, I love that. I know. (laughs)
1: How can I resist hitting
3: people. Yeah. I know. So exercise
1: like he, them. You just gotta punch them in the face, apparently. Yeah. He Look. can't take any more of that. But, like, you
0: know? that was the moment for me as I'm watching this program where, <laughs> where uh, this, this guy is just being encouraged to punch a possessed woman by a priest. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the best show mm-hmm. of the season. Maybe ever. Yeah. This might be the best program that there is. <laughs> but, so we get, we get a lot of, like I was saying, this, this, really cryptic talk from this entity inside of Sherry, and she says, and I had to specifically write it down, she says, you're the key, we need mm-hmm. your light, the nameless, the numberless, we see you through the veil, we come to you, and you lead us here. And so, uh, my first question is, what?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know, I I couldn't, and I'm glad you wrote that down, because I was kind of struggling to hear what she was exactly saying, I like re-listened, and I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to attempt again, but... I, what was my, my reaction to, like, (laughs) what does that mean, I mean, if we stop to think about how everything
3: kind of follows Kyle, that seems to be the thing. It explains, like, why the women closest to him seem to always be in precarious situations. Um, you are like a lighthouse, Kyle. Sure. (laughs) You're a lighthouse, and they just see you from the other side, and they're like, oh, That way! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We gotta invade the bodies. At least that's how I kind of took it, is that there's something about him that attracts evil beings from... Hell, the Netherworld? I don't from know. From wherever they're coming yeah. from, yeah. yeah.
1: He's a beacon of darkness. <laughs> it's like, all oh, right, we'll just head to that guy. I know even in the chat that childhood childhood's hour said, Yeah, Kyle's power must not be a good one to have. He's had to be an outcast in order to have it. And I mean, basically these demons and evil entities are seeing him as king. Yeah. Oh, so what's that about?
0: <laughs> If I had yeah. to guess, I would say maybe it has something to do with this merging that we hear with yes. two yeah. ones. We'll get to that, though. The chick starts floating.
2: Yes, um, and Kyle was up there, too. Sherry starts told levitating. Mm-hmm. To her head.
0: Uh, and then, of course, we get a reappearance of the giant, my my favorite character on the show, the giant CGI black goo monster. Yeah. Flubber's cousin. cousin, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. good good to see this this uh, gob, gobbly goo monster uh, working again. Yeah, yeah. after <laughs> lost, it was a
1: long long period before I had another job. It, mm-hmm. uh,
0: so it grapples with Kyle for a little while before apparently relenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and going back to wherever weird CG black demon goo monsters go. When they're done for the day, packed it in. Went to get a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then and then it's 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 over. And they return Sherry to her father. We last see her in a hospital where she is apparently in a catatonic state. It's an yeah, death, yeah, it's yeah like his, his mother. mother. Yeah. Yeah. I know
2: that's yeah. what is one thing that I, I I don't understand what makes one person have the different reactions. You know what I mean? Because mm. we were talking about that before. Because it seemed like the kids are fine after, but then you see his mom in that state and then now this teenager is in that state Mm -hmm. too. Are you soon like young adult, whatever? And I'm just so curious if we're gonna figure out what makes certain people have these certain reactions. At this point
3: it feels like duration of time you Mm were possessed. Like we got the kid when he was like just starting to eat his own fingers. He was cute and still controllable and then you know, they were able to exercise him, but a lot of the others, especially Mildred, seems very tight with her inner ghoul. (laughs) Thing. <laughs> I feel like there would be a lot of exercising in order to get that thing out of her. Sure. Um, so I think that after a while, your body just can't fight anymore. That's yeah. the vibe I get. I, well,
0: I would think, too, is it is it possible that, say, some of these entities are a little bit like an illness where they will affect the very old or the very young more strongly? Mm. That yeah. falls apart slightly because Joshua seems to be the only successful exorcism that we have seen so far yeah. until successful. this one yeah, that's successful.
1: Like, hmm. kind of makes me wonder if it wasn't because that's the thing is he's the only one and it doesn't make sense i mean because you see kyle's mother and then sherry are both in catatonic states because obviously it did leave them but yeah with joshua that makes me think that are he's has gone. Go, yeah you know. they got to go back to joshua
0: yeah know. because if they don't if they don't ultimately succeed at all in some capacity, <laughs> on top of all of the other thematic and story beats going on in this show, then it also does become a show about a priest and his little buddy wandering around beating up parishioners. <laughs> Which, by the way, sounds awesome. awesome. Yeah. I would totally watch that. If that's all it was, I would watch that show every week out show. of just sheer curiosity. It's but almost
1: like the the Russell Crowe show on South Park. Fighting around round. the world. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Basically <laughs> Russell Crowe just goes around beating up people. Oh cool. Damn. It's his whole thing. Cool. Yeah. He
0: just picks fights with people. <laughs> That's
1: it. Yeah. Just like Reverend Anderson.
0: Awesome. So <laughs> all right, all right. So let's finally, because because that is the the end of the Anderson arc in this episode, we get this altercation between him and Kyle outside Cherry's hospital room where their ideological differences become text and it it becomes that argument and then they split for the evening presumably, to reconvene later to, to punch some more folks. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about Allison, because yes. we get so much more Allison this hour than, as I was saying, that I think we've gotten all season, no, every yeah, episode yeah, 100%, com- combined 100%. Yeah, 100%. so far. And it's fascinating, because I didn't feel like I truly had a sense of who this person was, and what her point of view could, could possibly be mm. up until now. I'm still not entirely sure. I know completely what her point of view is. I feel like there's still some stuff uh, they're withholding from us, some information that we don't have yet. But she definitely seems like a far more rounded, fleshed out person.
1: Yeah. And as Childhood's Hour points out in the chat, Allison has to still be possessed. She said she's lost time and feels outside herself. And this is really one of the first times we actually hear someone talking about their experience. Because you can tell, like, Mildred and some of these other people obviously are okay with it. But Allison is not. That's why she's self-medicating, talking about this. So that's what's interesting to me, is yeah. the difference in some of the people. Sorry.
2: And what's yeah. really interesting, too, is you, you get this a lot in between with Kyle and Allison's interactions. Is does she have no idea that she was possessed? I don't don't think think so. so. It seems like... Which is so weird. I want to, like, pound Kyle and be like, why don't you just try to explain it? It seemed weird that... So
3: here's the thing. So here's how I get it. It's
2: multi-layered. So... One,
3: uh, she knows that Kyle probably did not beat her face in. We get that when she's on the porch, and Mm -hmm. she's like, you would have at least tried to apologize. So something's weird going on. Why won't you tell me? And Kyle's like, I'm not going to tell you, and I really think he's doing it because she couldn't handle having beat her child the way that she did. Yeah. Like, it was such kind of, like, a violent thing, and he's trying to save her from that knowledge. And so... I'm with you though, I still feel like maybe if you tried, I'm sure you have talked about your mother with her before, like you could try to approach this, but just letting her go, not giving her any kinds of answers, like, is gonna push her deeper down, whatever rabbit hole she's falling down, it's, I feel bad for her, (laughs) she needs help. Yeah. For sure and it
0: seems too, like she's definitely whether or not she's supposed to be taking these different prescription medications that we see her taking, she's definitely she is taking them, and I do think for me what what calls into question when she describes the state that she's in what makes me question whether or not she's actually still possessed is she could very easily be talking about The lingering effects of having a demonic presence inside Mm -hmm. you, but also a lot of that, this feeling outside of yourself, this spacing on time, a lot of these could very easily be side effects of abusing these prescription medications. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, or just the depression she has that she's treating with this, you know, and that's the thing, and that's why it's such a good parallel because we're assuming that it is demonic possession, but it may not be. It may just be her life sucks. That's (laughs) what I was going to say.
2: Of all the people, her.
1: I was confused because at the beginning of the episode and when they're
2: showing her at first, I 100% was like, she has to be possessed because she would have these weird little moments and like the looks in her eyes. All and crazy! Yeah. I did get stressed for a moment when she had that thing to get the wallpaper off and it yeah. Yeah. was there. I, was like, I thought like she was going to... Stab that kid. Yeah, I mm-hmm. thought something bad was going to happen. But then, yeah, by the end of it, when you realize all the issues she has and the medicine and him touching her and it being fine... I was con- I was very confused because that first interaction where he touched her, she had kind of like freaked out. So I- it led me to believe that the touch was having an effect, right? And so I was expecting this huge thing mm-hmm. when they kissed at the end. And then when he didn't, I was like, maybe she's not. Yeah, maybe she just has issues.
0: And that's the thing, though. It's exactly no. that. Is no. I of course yeah. they want us now to go <laughs> yeah. to go. Oh, maybe she's, she's fine. fine. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like it's it's still equally probable that they're yeah. just going to pull yeah. that rug out. Well, so we can go back
3: to a quote Anderson said earlier. The devil's a trickster. He makes you think he's up and gone, but he's hiding exactly yeah. dormant in there. Yeah.
1: So I mean, maybe that part of her is just dormant, waiting for the right time to strike. Yeah, because to me, the way that she acts with Kyle and the daughter just make it seem like this can't be the person that he married and had a child with. Because you just see, she's pretty dark. You get yeah. the parallel of the closet yeah. where his daughter yes. runs yes. in and closes the
3: door. I was like, oh, it's happening yeah, again!
0: It's creepy. but no. no. I, I did want to touch on the relationship between Allison and Amber because you watch and she she admits as much to Megan that she doesn't really know what she's doing. She's not... Whether she ever was or not is a matter for debate, I suppose, but by her own admission, in this moment, she is not equipped to be a proper mother to her daughter. And we see, even though it doesn't get highlighted that specifically outside of, like you mentioned, the scene where Amber's got the paint all over the Mm wall because she made the mess and, and Allison grabs her. Aggressively, and she runs into the closet. Mm. It doesn't get specifically highlighted in in a in a very big or very aggressive way. We get stuff like at the top of this episode, she's playing with her toys, and she's very clearly reenacting.
1: What happened, yeah. Between her parents.
0: Mm-hmm. And the, what she says, she says, uh, and I had to write this down too if you drink the black poison, you'll get sick and you won't love us anymore. Mm. And I, immediately I'm just like, oh, this poor kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just so much.
2: Well, another thing I'm confused at too is clearly Amber has, does not really like her mom, but.
0: No, I believe, mm, I believe. She called her. We can say that right? Yeah, it's she okay. called me, yeah. A mean bitch. Mitch? I'm yeah. like,
2: whoa! But I'm confused because so, so we know that it was Allison who beat up Amber and yes. not Kyle. So is like, has Amber not expressed that to her mom? Like, you hurt me, or what's the deal with that? Because clearly, Amber's very open about wanting to be with her dad, and she knows that it was her mom. She has to know that it was her mom who hurt her. So that's where I was kind of thrown off. How does Allison have no idea that she did this.
1: Yeah, I think the thing is, is they didn't really investigate being that how Allison looked. So that's probably what happened. And Kyle is just the type of person who's willing to take that to his grave just so he doesn't hurt Amber or Allison. And I think that's that's the sad part, though, is like Kyle was trying to save her and they don't you know, nobody else knows that other than Reverend Anderson. Yeah. And that's the thing with Amber knowing all of what's going on. I don't know why no one's ever questioned it because she interacted with her dolls. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like on these shows, nobody's ever paying attention mm-hmm. to the children. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like exactly. they did this. They did this on season one of True Detective as well, where the, the little <laughs> yeah. girl was setting up a tableau with her toys, and I'm like, guys. To so solve the mystery, you just look at the little children's yeah. dolls. Nope.
3: in Orphan Black, uh, the main chick's daughter is like building the the magic island from far away, and I'm like, that's the map. That's the <laughs> map. look, like, you just go on and play, little girl. And I'm like, why, guys? Yeah, they know. The children know. always it's know. It's always if there's a little mm-hmm.
0: child in one of these stories, you always watch them oh, yeah. while they play with their dolls because they're doing some weird, creepy stuff. They, they happen aren't. to see. So they are. Kyle obviously wants to bridge this gap between him and Allison, if only to verify for sure that she is safe, that his Ooh. daughter is safe. For sure. Plan A, not the best plan, and <laughs> <laughs> Anderson <laughs> creepily park yeah. outside of her house and just hang yeah. out there? Did they just think hey. did they think huh? that if anything was wrong, she'd be breaking windows yeah. and like running outside?
3: I, I just think he wanted to be close so that you see, so like, the house wasn't burning down. Right. And then he kind of got there and was like, I don't have a next step. Yeah. Can't go in. I mean, can't knock on the door. Say. In yes, regards Job. to
2: Kyle and Allison, too, another thing that I really like this episode is that you do see, and Reverend makes some, I forget the exact phrasing, but you see that Allison really does still love Kyle and is, like, like you said, we learned so much about Allison this episode. And it was interesting to me to learn that she truly doesn't think she knows that Kyle's not the kind of guy who would Mm. hurt her so it was nice to see that she was kind of confused because up until this point I was like why is she so aggressively pushing him away but then I realize she has no idea anything that's she going on. She won't go with no
3: memory. He
0: won't explain,
2: but he exactly. won't apologize. And it's clear she still loves him. Yeah. You well, can tell. And but... we
0: get that flashback of her waking up in the yes. hospital oh, after God. all yeah. that happened. And clearly, not only having no memory, but what I thought was very, very telling is that she very clearly does not believe that Kyle exactly. would no. have hurt them. Yeah. So, eventually, Kyle says, all right, that a terrible plan. <laughs> I guess I guess off screen he probably sat for a while and went, that was dumb. dumb. Yeah. So so goes to Megan and asks if Megan can set something up. And Megan I think immediately is like, this is, a, this is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. You should leave this poor woman alone. But goes and talks to Allison herself. And I really liked this scene.
3: Yeah.
0: Because we get a lot of textual information about Allison that is spoken, but we also see this relationship well, the relationship as currently exists between Allison and Megan, and it hints so strongly at what I think at one point, if I'm reading it correctly, was a really genuine, good, strong friendship between the two of them. And so you see Allison open up a little bit, but yeah, it's mostly only to tell Megan how little she knows, how little she understands. And I, I, again, had to take her specific words down, because she says... I feel like everything that held me down is gone, and I'm just floating away. It scares me so much. There are memories. There are days that I just can't access, and I don't know if I lost something or if something's getting in the way, blocking the truth. Specifically, the part about how she feels like what held her down is gone, and she's floating away, I don't know about you guys, made me think immediately about how when the demons leave people's bodies, they seem to take everything with them. Yeah. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. was interesting. That was a very interesting touch that I I thought. So Megan's not going to set anything up. So Kyle eventually takes it upon himself to go see Allison himself. That doesn't go particularly well because Amber (laughs) runs out, says, I want to live with daddy, calls her a mean bitch. And obviously Allison's not particularly happy about that. Not particularly pleased. So we get the flashback and then we get later, we get the scene of Amber with the can of red paint Painting all over, it goes obviously very badly, as we've already discussed. And then the next time we see Allison is when Kyle arrives back home and she's already there waiting for him. Mm. And she's left Amber with a neighbor and she needs she needs some clarity. Mm. I suppose she needs she needs to know what's going on, and she asks Kyle, and of course, yeah, as, as we've talked about, Kyle elects for a number of reasons not to tell her they have the kiss moment, and she leaves him alone on his porch. Mm. And Poor Kyle.
3: <laughs> I mean, I mean, oh, poor Kyle. Mess. Yeah, and everything in his life is just completely a wreck. And then to have to know that she still cares. For you, like, I like, it was easier when he was like, "Oh, good, she hates me." Yeah. Yeah. And my biggest concern is just that my daughter's safe and that they're happy and together. But to now know that she's questioning and that whole just defeat of not being able to tell her. He looked more broken than we've ever seen him, which is saying so much for Kyle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and like you say, I think it probably would be so much easier for him or certainly simpler. If, yeah, if it was, if it was as clear cut as, okay, Allison hates me, she will always hate me, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to make sure that they're safe. By Allison's own admittance, she, she says, ex- uh, her exact words are, if I could erase 10 minutes from our lives, yes. 10 minutes, it would all be perfect. That's heartbreaking. It really God. was.
2: I was like, oh, man. It was yeah, that yeah. was bad.
0: Which, it was of, which, of course, then puts him in an even more compromised <laughs> emotional state. Yes, which is great for drama, bad for, bad for <laughs> Kyle, very bad, <laughs> bad for Kyle. Kyle.
1: Is there anything good for Kyle? No. So far, no. no. Nope.
0: No. 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 Although he got he got to hug his daughter. Yeah, that
2: yeah.
1: No. No, he got, he got not a good nice. yeah.
2: relationship. I mean, it's messed up, but yeah. that's probably nice for him to know that his daughter loves him so much. Yeah. You can tell she gets so excited when she saw him, and I thought that was so sweet. So that is one good thing, Kyle. <laughs> Yeah, there is one the, bright spot. But then like, he gets ripped yeah. away and can't see her. But, I mean, he well, knows that she loves him.
3: And or, now, apparently, it's Sydney's job to take care of him and what, uh, Reverend Anderson. Yeah. Which Sydney. does not bode well. Does not that whole conversation between uh, Sydney and uh, Mildred. Uh, j- horrifying. So let's. Oh yeah, let's, it was
1: awesome.
0: Let's, yeah. that, <laughs> let's let's hit that thread since we've covered the big relationship stuff for this hour. Let's hit the last few threads, beginning with Sydney. Mm-hmm. Brent Spiner is so creepy. So, so creepy. Yes. So when Kyle's out, he just wanders into Kyle's house and is just wandering around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... And also.
2: I totally think Kyle's going to notice that picture, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he kind of purposely, let
3: what, two episodes ago, purposely kind of left it like that. Yeah. And, then,
2: and it also gave me
3: a weird vibe. So, first, he walks into the house like he owns it, and then he's fixing things in the mm-hmm. house, which, to me, struck me as very fatherly, and yeah. we don't know who Kyle's father is, and I'm like,
1: oh,
3: what is oh. the situation here? With you, and then he just lays on the bed and kicks his heels up, and he he's like, at home. He's yeah. very comfortable in this space. And I don't know, like, were you the demon that was possessing his mother, or are you somehow the reason he's here? Like, what? I'm really interested to find out their connection. Yeah.
0: Although you mentioned that he does walk in like he owns the place and starts, you know, messing around with stuff. He does do the same thing at Mildred's. He just walks right (laughs) in and immediately just starts picking up her little... Rings the bell, which I thought was a really nice moment. (laughs) But so, yeah, he has this conversation with Mildred and... You, you get a greater sense of this. It, I'm going to use the name Mildred because it does uh, seem like yeah. did the, the entity pick the name Mildred or is it just pleased that it, its host's name, name is was Mildred? Because like, like, yeah. yeah. they
3: even have that whole conversation about, oh, you don't have that name much anymore and then she asks him for his name. He's like, why does it matter? She's like, it's customary. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if we're getting like, the kind of uh, communal structure of wherever these beasties come from or if this is just kind of like an old-fashioned pre- have you been deep-seated in Mildred for a long time because he says you took our, your bet like we all did and she says she's not going to survive the merger which gave me the feeling of like have you been with this woman for a long time and then now the body's giving out and you're effed or well
0: and then yeah. Sydney, Sydney's response when she says that she's afraid she's not going to survive the merger is yeah you took your chances the way the rest of us did yeah. sometimes you draw the short straw I don't know what that means. Yeah. yeah.
2: For all the information we yeah. got this episode, there is like even more now that we don't know though. So many it's more questions. So weird. Yeah. It's like you get so much but then it's like but now I don't know any of this anymore. It's crazy.
0: But I do like that we do we get more shades of personality from mm-hmm. from Mildred. And I like that she talks about her possessions or physical mm-hmm. possessions. Some of them she had before she arrived is the way she puts yeah. it, some after and I love the notion of the demon arriving as as if they just moved into a new place, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, which is which is great. But then the big, for me, the real big weird moment in the scene was when Mildred grabs Sydney and just plants a big, big old kiss, kiss I on know, him.
1: That was so funny. Yeah. Is that what you're calling it?
2: Yeah, we're calling it a kiss. It looks like a kiss. Well, yeah. right. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I was. Yeah, she just straight up. Like I was like, Oh yeah. my gosh, Mildred. So
0: I was gonna ask, how did you guys because obviously whatever she was trying to do was unsuccessful, but how did you guys read that? What did you read that is her trying to do? Like
3: the stealing of life force. Yeah. Like she's yeah. like, You can't blame me, I'm not gonna start the merger. I felt like she was like, Oh, the black glue is clearly a thing that can help sustain
1: you or break you. And I seems like she was just trying to get whatever was keeping him up for herself. Yeah, that's yeah. what I saw, especially with that merger comment, is like she's just trying to survive. Yeah. You know? So well, she's she, like, "What can I do here?"
0: Mm-hmm. And she clearly, even though she didn't recognize Sydney's human form at first, very quickly, immediately knows exactly who he is. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just, "Well, this guy's got more of that black goo than I do. Well, I'm gonna take his black goo. Yeah. I'm gonna take my chances." It obviously mm-hmm. doesn't work. And so, <laughs> and so again, much like all of the Sydney business so far this season, interesting. Creepy, yes. And just cryptic enough that while I feel like I learned something, I could not for the life of me explain to you what I learned. Exactly.
2: Yeah. It's like I feel like they're giving me something here, but I'm not going to figure out what they're giving me until waiter episodes. To follow that thread
3: before we have to close
2: out here we gotta talk about the chiefs the fire chief and the police chief and there's definitely a
3: lot of like pseudo answered questions to very much like what are you doing? I know. I have no idea what the fire chief is up to I don't know the police chief like we're kind of suspicious of the police chief for a while we're like what's your aim it kind of seems like you're hiding stuff but now he's like "You you gotta find out if that girl's alive we have to investigate deeper and then that whole conversation when dude's in like that pit Chainsawing trees. Chainsawing the trees. No. And police, she's like, i should pop my gun." And I was like, I "Yeah, know. oh, I was nervous during that exchange. I really thought they were gonna come to blows, which would have been cool because like old man fights, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're awesome."
0: But so it's that it's that conversation, right? Where Chief tells Mark to follow up on the the DNA because mm. the DNA from the fingernail came back, and it's this 26 year old girl who's in their system because she stole a 12 pound ham from the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm.
3: my personal hero, yeah. And
0: and the boyfriend is reported or missing. Chief says, "Okay." follow up and see if she's not just hiding from the boyfriend, which is what ultimately turns out to be the case. Yeah. But Chief's suspicion mm-hmm. well, uh, yeah. on paper yeah. <laughs> turns out turns out to be the case. But Chief's suspicion seems to be, and he says we, you know, we may find her near that campsite or Mark says we may mm-hmm. find her near that campsite. I don't think Chief forgets about that. And I think he's he's confronting Ogden specifically about did you, did you kill this girl? Did you have something to do with killing this girl? Yeah, you clearly had to blow the site. I saw you do that. And they had that scene, they had that scene earlier where it seems like Ogden is very much like, nope, it's done. I don't want to worry about it. I don't want to talk about it. Where's your watch, Ogden? Oh, it's getting fixed.
3: Mm,
0: not sinister also also a lot of every both scenes both scenes between Chief and Ogden end with a really long uh, close up on Ogden watching Chief leave
1: yeah yeah
0: that seems very much like they so want us to be suspicious of this person Oh yeah, that I'm wondering how big a threat this person actually is. And, yeah. he, and that
3: was my first thought too because when we first cut to Chief it's right after we see Sydney laying on the bed and we cut to Chief laying in that exact same position but with his heels up on his mm-hmm. desk and I'm like what are you telling me? <laughs> and then we even got a similar shot between when Sidney is like shaving right before he kills the next door neighbor with um, Allison when she's brushing her hair. That same shot in the mirror and it's just very slow and like hmm. I'm not here and yeah. I don't right. really care but I'm keeping up appearances. And I'm like, we're seeing a lot of parallels between characters that don't seem like they should match up. Yeah. And I just, as you said at the top, who can we trust? I know. I can't trust
1: anyone. Trust no one.
0: For me, and this isn't, this isn't even really a criticism because I thought the scene was so tense and compelling, but the scene between the Chief and Ogden, and we've seen Ogden a couple of times now and we know they know each other socially, but the part where Chief is like, we're best friends, mm, I, was, yeah. I was like, you are? I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, how that's how I weird. Too. It's like, Okay. <laughs>
3: They have old man friendship Yeah. they don't need to express yeah. love for each other. They're like, you've known me a long time. We're f- best friends. Yeah. Just because like, right? I've known you the longest. But, and that's yeah. the
0: thing. That, I think, speaks to the overall quality <laughs> of this show. That my reaction was, wait, what? Uh, you know what? You know what? I'll buy it. I'll, I'll buy it. Buy it. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. No, it's it's like it fine. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Established now. But so... The other thing that I wanted to ask you guys, and I'm wondering if it's just me. I I watch a lot of TV, so I'm always trying to find clues that will point me towards the reality of what's actually happening. Does it seem like Chief knows? I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this knows a little bit about the type of things Ogden might be involved in oh, yeah. because, yes. because they share a history of being involved in some questionable stuff. But yeah, yeah he makes a yeah.
3: comment of, like, we've done and seen a lot of crazy things. And I was like, like, what? Mm. Like, what have you yeah. guys gotten up Because you get the sense that they've both been in their professions for ever, mm-hmm. Like, they're probably their first and last jobs kinds of situations. And so you wonder, you know, have you guys covered up things together? is this something you guys both used to do and when you got out and now you're questioning each other it's very seedy
1: yeah and to me it's just like does it connect with the demonic possessions because everything's always an umbrella that's what mm-hmm. I wonder is like what did they do that possibly caused this or yeah. you know has to do with it yeah Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something that merits some speculation. Mm-hmm. And since we've already covered a ton of information, I would like to start speculating wildly, unless yeah. there's something else you guys specifically yeah. want to hit on. Sweet. Then let's move into prediction. Yeah. And
2: now, you're after Buzz TV. <laughs> I'll go.
0: Yeah, I'll start.
2: So, one thing that was not, I can't even remember if it was the episode before this, but something with Mark and what is the boyfriend who can exploit the guy who... Donnie. Donnie. Mm. S- something with that is got to blow
0: up. That like, was there's a no way was
2: it was cons- missing from this conspicuously episode.
0: Conspicuously absent considering mm. how much time we spent with exactly. it.
2: Exactly. So I think that there's going to be a big blow up there because there's no way that Mark's getting away with that. And I'm very curious. I think Donnie's going to come back and do some shady shady, shady shiz. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's gonna. he has anything to do with the demons. I think it's just a separate thing that's going to come back. And... I also just, I just have a feeling someone is going to die soon. I think it might be the chief. It feels like it's been a minute. I feel like it's going to be the chief. That's all I got.
3: Okay. All right. (laughs) Uh, Sonny's about to make a play. It's clear that he doesn't want other demons stepping in on his territory. This is his job. He's taking it very seriously. um, Doing something to lay his ducks in a row. I know we can't see the full picture yet, but I'm excited to see him attack and what that attack looks like. Yeah. I also think that we're going to see the downfall of Allison. <laughs> it seems like she's just precariously hanging on, and I don't know if uh, seeing Kyle helped her at all. It doesn't seem like it did a lot of overall good for her, as is one with Kyle and his females. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I'm, I'm worried, but I think
0: Allison's going down and Sunny's making a move that next week. That concerns yeah. me because how much further could she fall? She's got a lot Poor of her, a lot girl. To yeah. fall. He's- that's like, that. That I hear Mitch Hedberg in my head going, why is the floor as low as I can go? Well, <laughs> that's every character in this show, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: because, yeah, as I spoiled earlier, if you saw in the previews, it looks like Reverend Anderson takes a dark path in this next episode. And a lot of it is, like, realizing that what you've given up your life for didn't actually do any good it's just got to be so heartbreaking and i'm sure he and kyle will come to blows like whether metaphorically or just you know actually come to blows it'll be interesting to see yeah yeah
0: it is it's a little bit like you don't the, the same way the demons when they leave take everything of the person with them you hope that Anderson, if he does abandon his faith, doesn't abandon all of himself along with it. And I didn't see this promo, but based on yeah. what you're telling me, it seems like this is going to become an immediate concern. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I agree. It seems very much like Sydney is moving closer and closer and closer, but it also seems like they need Kyle for whatever's coming. So whatever horrible punishment or torture they can concoct for Kyle isn't going to be fatal to him which of course means the people we need to be immediately mm-hmm. fearful for are the ones he cares about the most and that's Allison that's Amber and that's Megan. Yeah. I am Aww. I am genuinely I am far more terrified honestly for Megan than for for they Amber. They made us Amber, Amber yeah. in love
1: with yeah, Megan I love, too much. Yes. Yeah. And because. Her relationship is so good too. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Because she certainly had to deal with the fallout, but so far she is the only one this thing hasn't touched directly. Hmm. I am actually more scared for her than for anyone else around him at this point, especially when she doesn't need the demons for her world to be on the verge of imploding. Between Donnie and then whatever, this this sword of Damocles hanging over Mark, things could get very, very nasty for her very, very quickly. (laughs) Agreed. That's my yeah. fear.
2: <laughs> I'm with you. I have that fear, too.
0: And, of course, it'll just all get worse. For <laughs> yeah. everybody, is there anything else that you guys want to touch on really quickly before we wrap? Because we are running low on time. I think, I think yeah. we think We covered it We covered it all. <laughs> quite, quite a bit. Okay, <laughs> so, until next week, wonderful panel. Where can everybody find you online?
2: Hello, you can find me at underscore Abby Vega. I'm
1: Joel Monique. You can find me every week at Black Girl
2: Nerds. Check the site out for my review of Star Trek coming
1: up next week. And, yes, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on social media, since there is only one.
0: There is. That's what you tell me. (laughs) And I am Lex Michael. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. Thank you guys again so much for joining us. Please like us, subscribe to us, rate us five stars, give us all the best reviews that you possibly can muster so that everybody knows you love us. We love you, too. We will see you right here next week to talk about more demons and sadness and all that fun stuff. (laughs) We'll see you then. Bye, guys.